It's Friday. Time to check in on your questions with our weekly email segment. We ask the question, whatever happened to the guy who built the two LA Kings Stanley Cup winning teams? I give you my all-time favorite LA Kings lineup. I also tell you what I think the lineup is going to look like for the Kings for this season. Uh, we also answer the question, which one of the two LA Kings Stanley Cup runs was the best? And also answer the question, is it okay to still cheer for Kings players after they leave LA? All that coming up on this edition of Locked on LA Kings. You are Locked on Kings, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Kings. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Hey, Kings fans, welcome to another episode of Locked On LA Kings, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On LA Kings your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube as well. Please like and subscribe. If you are enjoying this content, my name is Eddie Garcia. I am your host of Locked On LA Kings. I've worked in sports media for almost 30 years. For the past 20 plus years, I've been at the Fox Sports Radio Network, where I'm a co-host, sidekick, reporter, and NHL insider. I'm also co-host of the Puck Podcast, a weekly NHL review show that's been putting out content for the past 16 years. And of course, a very passionate LA Kings fan for the past 30 years. 14 days from now, we have the 2022 rookie face-off in San Jose with the LA Kings rookies taking part in a three-day event. We look forward to reporting on that. We are 26 days away from the Kings preseason opener against the San Jose Sharks on September 28th, and we are 39 days away from the LA Kings season opener October 11th against the Vegas Golden Knights. As I mentioned, today is a Friday. Happy Friday to you, and we normally do, at least during our off-season shows, a weekly email segments for our Friday shows. And uh, that's what we're going to do today. And uh, I know some people might be like, oh, this is just filler during the off season because you don't have a lot of stuff to talk about. Well, there's part of that is true. Uh, but I also love to get interactive with you guys, uh, the people who are listening and watching to this podcast uh, and uh, find out maybe a little bit about you uh, and answer any questions that you might have if I can. So without any further ado, let us get to the emails this week. Our first one comes from Rich in Chino. And, uh, you know, when you live in Southern California, you hear about these places and sometimes you're like, where exactly is that? I, I've heard of Chino. I know there's a prison there, but where is Chino? So I looked on the map and and I found out, oh, it's not far from Ontario where the, where the rain plays. So maybe Rich is a is an Ontario rain fan. Anyway, let's see what he has to say. Uh, he says, hello, Eddie. I uh, really enjoy following you daily on YouTube. I have a question that has been bothering me for over six years. Why do you think Dean Lombardi has never been offered a general manager position since leaving the Kings? That's an excellent question, Rich. Um, and, and for people who may not know, Dean Lombardi, of course, was the general manager of the Kings, resurrected the franchise from an awful place, uh, constructed two Stanley Cup winning teams, and then, let's be honest, had some trouble maintaining uh, that. He he paid a little bit overpaid, a little bit maybe too loyal to the guys who won those two Stanley Cups, thought uh, that that was just going to kind of continue, and, and, and it actually didn't happen. But uh, it's a great question because you would think a man who, again, uh, took a team that was in the depths through a rebuild, uh, constructed two Stanley Cup winning teams, you would think that would be a guy that you might want to hire if you are 
a team that has, I don't know, the Arizona Coyotes or whoever, a team that has never had a lot of success, that has never won a Stanley Cup, or even if you have won a Stanley Cup, uh, maybe you're you're going through some lean years now and you want to get back to where you were. So it's a great question, Rich. I don't have a great answer for you. Um, I have never worked for Dean Lombardi. I do understand he's a very demanding person. Um, but then again, this is a, uh, a this is a high pressure, um, you know, uh, big money uh, type of a job where you're, you know, you're dishing out millions of dollars. And, and I mean, look, he, like I said, he did it and won two Stanley Cups. So um, I, I don't have a good answer. I'm surprised. Uh, I assume you are too, that no one else has hired him as a general manager. And he is still working in the NHL. He is a senior advisor still uh, for the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, I was just reading an article about how he was a part of the group that decided to hire John Tortorella as their new head coach for this season, which was a controversial decision uh, in the minds of a lot of people. Um, and uh, I, I, I also, I believe that Dean was up for the Vancouver Canucks GM position a few years back. Um, not the most recent time that they were looking for a GM, but I think before they hired Trevor Linden, I think his name was was being brought up for that. Um, so yeah, and I and frankly, I don't know what he, what Dean wants to do. Maybe he is like, you know what? I've won two Stanley Cups. I've I've been a GM for a long time, first in San Jose and then in LA, and I'm okay just kind of being still connected to the game, but not having the pressure of what that that job entails. So again, Dean Lombardi is is currently a senior advisor for the Philadelphia Flyers, and perhaps he's happy with that. I don't know, but I I, I think it's a great question, Rich. I have always wondered myself why Dean Lombardi was never hired uh, as a GM again uh, after his two Stanley Cups in Los Angeles. Thank you for the email. Our next email is from Joe in Long Beach. He says, thanks for another great week of episodes. I'd love to hear your starting lineup, one center, two forwards, and two D-men and a goalie for your favorite Kings during your time as a fan. And as a bonus, what all-time favorite sweater are they going to wear? Go Kings, go. All right, John. Um, it's funny when I first read your email, I thought you were asking me what is like my all-time favorite Kings lineup as far as like the best players that you could put out there. And it, it, then I read like, and then I read it. I was like, oh, it's my favorite. So it doesn't have to be the best players. It's just who are my favorites. Well, the list turned out to be exactly the same when when, when I kind of re rethought about it. Uh, so here you go. My center would be Andre Kopitar. Um, yes, I would pick him over Wayne Gretzky because I think. Andre has been a greater Los Angeles King than Wayne Gretzky as influential, influential as Gretzky was. And he was a big part of me becoming a Kings fan. I think if you're talking about all time favorite Kings, uh, you know, I, I, I got to go with Andre Kopitar personally over Wayne Gretzky. Uh, my, my two wingers would be Luke Robitaille and Dustin Brown. Uh, obviously Luke um, did. He played elsewhere. Uh, he didn't play his entire career in Los Angeles, but uh, you know, the all-time greatest scorer uh, at, at left wing in, in uh, NHL history. Or now he's second, I believe now, right? He got passed uh, recently. Uh, and, and Dustin Brown is, you know, he's always been one of my favorite LA Kings of all time. I, I love guys who can put the puck in the net and also play physically as well. Um, so my forwards would be Andre Kopitar, Luke Robitaille, and Dustin Brown. My defenseman would be Drew Doughty and Rob Blake. Uh, and my goaltender would obviously be Jonathan Quick. Um, now, I became a Kings fan in the 90s, so I never saw Marcel Dion play. I never saw the Triple Crown line. I never saw um, Rogie Vachon uh, in net. So those guys aren't eligible because I didn't see them play as much as I respect the things that they did in their time uh, with the LA Kings. So again, that would be my favorite starting five or starting six, I guess, 
for the LA Kings, Kopitar, Robitaille, and Brown as my forwards, and Dowdy and Blake as my defense with Jonathan Quick in that. And, and the jersey I would have them wear, and I talked about this in an earlier episode about how boring I think the Kings jerseys are now, which is interesting because we just had a poll of all of the locked-on uh, NHL hosts. And if it was a more interesting answer involving the Kings, I would have brought it up on this show. Uh, but the Kings did not make the top 10 fav- uh, best-looking jerseys, and they didn't make the top 10 worst-looking jerseys, which actually I was kind of surprised at. Um, and again, I love black. I'm wearing all black today if you're watching on YouTube, but I just wish the Kings had more color. So so to answer your question, what jersey would I have my favorite uh, Kings lineup wearing? It would be the reverse retro jerseys from a couple years ago, those purple jerseys with the gold, and they had the silver logo in front from the Gretzky era. Uh, I, I, I love the color purple. I wish it was incorporated more into the Kings uniforms. Maybe it will be going forward. I know we have the the, the 2.0 reverse retro jerseys coming out uh, sometime this season. Looking forward to that. Um, but I loved how the Kings uh, combined the original era of the purple and gold and then the next era of the Gretzky era with the silver logo in the middle. So that would be my, my sweater that I would have those guys wearing. Our next email comes from Eric in Las Vegas, who listens with his daughter, Anna. And he says, thanks for the great content. You provide a lot of great information regarding the Kings and our opponents. My daughter and I are constantly uh, anticipating your next episode and what topic you're going to cover next. I know you talk about the first line with Kempe, Fiala, and Kopi, but what about the rest of the lines and where is Dowdy going to be? He says, I also thought I would mention I was wearing my Go Kings Go t-shirt the other day at Walgreens here in Las Vegas, and a man told me I should change my t-shirt to say Go Knights Go. And I told him, hell no, I would rather die. <laughs> Needless to say, he didn't uh, he didn't like that. And he looked at me funny and I yelled, go Kings go on my way to the register just to annoy him more. And Eric closes out the email by saying, go Kings go in all capitals and six exclamation points. So uh, good job, Eric, of repping the Kings there in uh, enemy territory in Las Vegas. All right. So uh, here, are, here is what I think the, the lineup is going to look like for opening night for the Kings. Uh, this is just my opinion, but I think it's going to be pretty close at least. And the top line is going to be uh, Andre Kopitar in, at center with Kevin Fiala and Adrian Kempe on the wings. The second line with the caveat of we have a healthy Victor Arvidsson, and I'm not sure if that's going to be the case, but if Victor Arvidsson is healthy, it's obviously going to be Philip Deneau at center with Victor Arvidsson and Trevor Moore on the wings. If Arvidsson is not healthy to start the season, then Arthur Kaliev, I think, slides up uh, to play on the wing on the second line. Uh, but if Arvidsson is healthy, the third line would be uh, Quentin Byfield at center with Alex Iafalo and Arthur Kaliev on the wings. The fourth line is going to be centered by Blake Lazat, and you probably have Carl Grunstrom at one wing and either Brandon Lemieux or Gabe Velarde at the other wing. I would go with Gabe Velarde. I want to give him as much opportunity as possible to show whether he is truly a legitimate NHL player this year or not. Um, and again, if the uh, Victor Arvidsson issue uh, injury is an issue, then Velarde would probably slide up to the third line. Uh, the defensive pairings are going to be Drew Doughty and Mikey Anderson, once Mikey Anderson gets signed. Uh, Tobias Bjornfoot and Matt Roy, I think, will be the second pairing, and the third pairing will probably be Sean Walker and Sean Dursey, although Alex Edler is an option as well. Hey, we're going to get to more emails in a moment, but first, if you would like to place a wager on the LA Kings to win the Stanley Cup or anything else, betonline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one source for online and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Head to Bet Online and use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. Bet Online, where the game starts. Our next email comes from Tyler in Tehachapi, and I have actually been 
to Tehachapi. And some of you are probably wondering where in the world is that? Uh, it is in southeastern Kern County uh, in the mountains, uh, not too far from Bakersfield. Um, I grew up in central California and um, I, I did high school football on the radio up and down central California all over the place. I absolutely loved it. I love going to these little towns because I grew up in a little town myself and just seeing these places. And I love high school football. So I was doing high school football. If you don't mind story time for just a quick second, I was doing high school football for Yosemite high school, which is in Oakhurst, California. It's in the mountains near Fresno and they made the playoffs and they had to play at Tehachapi. Uh, so we drove all the way down to Tehachapi. And uh, what I remember about Tehachapi is the, the high school stadium uh, has the, the light posts, not behind the stands, but in front of the stands, which is very interesting. So it actually obstructs your view a little bit. And the coaches, if you know high school football, usually the coaches are in the press box, maybe on top of the press box, or even on like a scissor lift. I've seen that before because it's high school football. Not everyone has these fancy press boxes. But in Tehachapi, they had the like a coach's, I don't know, a gondola. Uh, it was like a basket on top of these light poles that they would climb up. You know, you ever seen those metal things that stick out of the sides of, of uh, a telephone poles? They would climb up those into this like gondola and that's where they would be for the football games, you know, seeing the high vantage point and, and talking on the, the headsets down to the coaches on the field. And it, it gets very windy in Tehachapi and those poles were like swaying in the wind. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. That is the most ridiculous, dangerous thing I've ever seen. Uh, and I'm, if, if they would have said the radio broadcasters have to go up there, I would have said, nope, no way. I am not doing that. Anyway, thank that's Tachapi. I've been, I've been to Tachapi. Uh, Tyler says, uh, I really am enjoying what you're doing with the podcast. I only just found the locked on series recently in my search of the Kings and hockey content during the off season, but you've kept me coming back. Keep up the great work. Thank you, Tyler. I'll do my best. Um, he, he, I did shorten Tyler's email a bit because he did go into a kind of some story time and. I'm sorry, Tyler, we don't have time to share your whole email, but he went into his memories of the Kings winning the Stanley Cup in 2012, and he was talking about how he was, I think he was a teenager, and he was working at a pizza place, and he couldn't watch the game, so he was keeping track of everything that was going on on the radio during the Stanley Cup playoffs and uh, culminating with the Kings winning the Stanley Cup. So that's that's pretty cool uh, you know, to hear a guy who was working hard, he was making pies, uh, but he was still living the, uh, the, the great season with the Kings by listening to Nick Nixon on the radio calls, which is cool. Uh, Tyler says, I'm currently a foreman for a small structural steel company, but I got into uh, that work because I fell in love with welding in junior college, and that's what I pursued. Nine years later, I still like welding, but I don't love what I do anymore, and it's hard on the body. It puts me in dangerous situations. I sometimes think I should have gone into something else back in college, but I know it's never too late to try something you love, so how would I get started in sports broadcasting or analytics or something like that? Where do I start? And he closes it out saying, go Kings, go. Uh, Tyler, it is not an easy business to get into because it is very competitive. There are a lot more people that want sports broadcasting jobs than are, than there are jobs available. Um, I know you had mentioned in your email that you've got a couple of kids and being a family man, uh, makes it a little more difficult. If you're, if you're a young guy and you're willing to relocate anywhere, anytime to pursue your dream, it makes it a lot easier. You can find stuff, but you may have to go into far flung places of the United States. But I will say this, um, because of the technology today that we have with YouTube, with uh, being able to do a podcast and blogging, I mean, you don't have to have a journalism degree or have gone to broadcasting school 
to do something like this. We've seen uh, many examples of people who uh, have gotten into this from other different backgrounds and walks of life and have, have done well at it. Um, you know, you got to find your niche uh, and, and, you know, and work at it and put a lot of hours in it. Um, I would say as far as the analytics side of it, there is a, a, a website called capfriendly.com. And I don't know who started it back in the day, but whoever started that, they have created something that is essential for everyone who works in uh, media covering hockey. And I'm sure for, even, I, I would be willing to bet general managers even use it. Uh, but if you ever go check it out, it's like, come up with an idea like that. And it can be something that turns into something that is something that everyone uses. Uh, it's it, For those of you that don't know, uh, it is basically a site dedicated to every NHL team that keeps them uh, everyone up to date on their salary cap issues and what the contracts look like of all the players. And it's very easy to navigate and it's very easy to look at it and immediately get the answers you want. So if you could come up with something like that uh, and find a niche because you like numbers and those types of things, then uh, it's possible. It's possible. Uh, but you just have to come up with something creative, something that um, people haven't brought up yet and, and created yet. And but anyway, like I said, it's it's not easy. Um, I wish you luck if you if you give it a shot. Um, but again, with all the technology out there today, you can become a, a podcaster uh, or a, a, a you know have a video channel on YouTube very easily and and have some success with it. So that's that's my advice anyway. Our next email comes from Sarah in San Diego. Uh, she says, "Thanks for putting out a podcast five days a week during the off season. I enjoy hearing you talk about the." I enjoyed hearing you talk about the 2012 Stanley Cup title. I have an argument with my husband and wonder if, what your thoughts are on this. He thinks the 2012 run of the Stanley Cup was better than the 2014 Stanley Cup title, but I actually think 2014 was better. The Kings didn't sneak up on anyone, had a tougher road to the finals, um, and they won in double overtime uh, in the championship uh, as compared to blowing out New Jersey the first time around. Do you agree or disagree? Uh, well, I, I actually agree with you, Sarah. I know a lot of people would say the first time is always the most special. And I totally get where you're coming from on that. And as we talked about earlier this week, when we remembered the 2012 Stanley Cup winners, that was a special team. It's not considered an all-time great team, but they did special things. Being the only eight seed to ever win the Stanley Cup, uh, beating the top three teams in your conference uh, to win the Stanley Cup, and then winning 10 straight road games. I mean, there were special things done by that team. But if you're talking about the road to the Stanley Cup and the excitement of it, I think 2014 was actually... Uh, more exciting and more memorable. Uh, of course, it starts off by going down 0-3 against the Sharks and storming back to win four straight and advance out of the first round against a hated rival. Uh, it's something that's only been done a couple of times in the history of the NHL. Then we play the Ducks in the playoffs for the first time ever, and we win game seven on the road, uh, sending Tay Mussolini off into retirement. Uh, and then the game seven in Chicago, the most stress I've ever felt watching a sporting event in my life the overtime game winner by Alec Martinez uh, in a game where either your season's over or you go to the Stanley Cup final. The the, the contrast of that reality was insane. Uh, and and I don't know if I've ever – I think I celebrated more when they, when they scored that overtime game winner against Chicago to go to the Stanley Cup final than I did when Alec Martinez scored the double overtime game winner against the Rangers. So uh, I thought that run in 2014 to the Stanley Cup was more memorable, more exciting. I thought the opponents that we played were – uh, more interesting, frankly, uh, beating the Ducks in the playoffs. I was there at the pond for that. was a huge, huge thrill. Um, and then, of course, winning the Stanley Cup against the New York Rangers. So I actually agree with you, uh, I, Sarah. I think that, I, for me, 
I liked 2014 a little more than 2012. They're both great, and I love them both. But And I also think winning a second Stanley Cup kind of validated the Kings, right? They, it, some people were like, oh, it was a fluky year. Oh, they played Arizona and, and New Jersey in their final two games to win the Cup. That next year, when we beat Chicago, for which was kind of the uh, de facto Stanley Cup final that year, that legitimized uh, the Kings, I think, as well. Our next email comes from Blake in Bakersfield. He says, thanks to the podcast. Um, excited for the start of the new season. Are you going to include news on the Ontario rain? Uh, I enjoy going to the Condors games here, but root for the rain when they come to town as a Kings fan. Uh, do you still sometimes root for Kings players when they leave the Kings or are they dead to you? I still find myself rooting for guys like Jeff Carter, even though I can't stand the Penguins and Tyler Toffoli, even though I don't care about the Flames. Uh, yes, during the season, we will definitely include uh, Ontario rain news um, during the season. Obviously, it's locked on LA Kings, so that's going to be the majority of things we talk about, um, but we will include uh, some Ontario Reign news and, of course, um, stuff on players who are you know going to be Kings in the near future, we hope. Um, I do actually sometimes root for Kings players after they leave the LA Kings. I don't really do that much in other sports, which is interesting. Um, like Wayne Simmons was one of my favorite LA Kings, and when he left... Uh, and he's still kicking around in the NHL. I've always, I've always rooted for him. Uh, I, I like Wayne Simmons, and yeah, some of the guys when they leave, I don't know why, but I actually do, for the most part. Uh, I, I wish him well, especially guys who played on the, the the Stanley Cup winning teams, guys like Trevor Lewis, and even like Brad Richardson, uh, Tanner Pearson. You mentioned a couple of them, obviously Toffoli and Carter. I, I still, uh, Alec Martinez, uh, I, even though he plays for uh, a, a rival, I still do root for those guys to do well. I do. Um, Joe in Torrance, uh, is our final email for this week. And he says, I love wearing hockey sweaters, although it looks like I won't be wearing one anytime soon with how hot it is. I saw your YouTube episode with the guy from the ducks podcast, and you showed him your Luke Robitaille autographed Jersey. How many Kings jerseys do you have? And what is your favorite? Um, I think I have around nine Kings jerseys. Um, there are some other ones that are not necessarily Kings jerseys, but are Kings related jerseys. For example, I have a, um, a a Canadian Olympic jersey that is uh, Drew Doughty, and he autographed it. I have a All-Star jersey from the year that the All-Star game was in Nashville, which is a Drew Doughty jersey, which he has autographed as well. Um, I've got a couple of Kopitar jerseys that are autographed. I've got a couple of Dustin Brown jerseys that are autographed. I have a Luke Robitaille jersey that's autographed. I have a Rob Blake jersey that is autographed. That's one of my probably one of my favorite ones because it's a different style of jersey it's that purple one with the crown in front and rob blake is a, is not an easy autograph to get for whatever reason um so yeah I, I if you're watching on the youtube channel by the way i was i was quick story time uh, i've been cleaning out i cleaned out a storage unit that we had and we're putting all this stuff in the garage now and also donating stuff to goodwill and whatnot and uh if you've ever done something like that if you've cleaned out a storage unit um, because you don't want to pay the, the prices anymore. You, and you'll come across stuff, and you're like, oh, my God, I haven't seen that thing in a million years. I don't even know where that came from. I came across a Kings jersey. I have no idea where this came from. It's autographed by a bunch of players. This is old-school Kings back in the day. Uh, I'm going to show you this on the YouTube channel, um, and, and it's got a ton of autographs on it. Uh, but I'm going to be honest with you. A lot of these players, uh, not so good. Uh <laughs> Some of these names, I haven't done this yet where I've like gone through and figured out who these names are. Um, but I think Byron Defoe is on here. Um, I think we've got, who is, oh, there are a couple of, here's uh, Dan Bilesma, the, the former head coach of the Pittsburgh Penguins, uh, who's now coaching in the AHL in Palm Springs. Um, 
I, 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 Ray Ferraro is on here, uh, who was a name that king not too not too long ago, uh, and is now a broadcaster for ESPN. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna. There are some names on here that are not. I mean, those are pretty good names as far as after. This is not a who's who though of of uh, of Kings fans. I think Brian Smolinski is on here. Maybe he was all smoke. I was a I was a player that a lot of Kings fans loved. So anyway. Uh, I saw that. Uh, so we're going to get to, speaking of uh, old Kings, we're going to do our uh, episode of Name That King here in just a second. Uh, but I need to tell you this. Uh, are you one of those people who thinks it's okay to drive stoned? What's the worst that could happen? Well, you end up driving too too slow uh, below the speed limit. Well, you think it's not a big deal, but you're wrong. The truth is your reaction time slow way down when you're high. You're not only putting yourself in danger, but everyone around you. Talk about a buzzkill. Stop kidding yourself. It is not okay to drive high. If you've been using marijuana in any form, do not get behind the wheel. If you feel different, you drive different. Drive high and get a DUI. Time to play another quick edition of Name That King. Uh, If you haven't heard this before, we give you little clues about a former king, uh, about his career, and uh, we challenge you to kind of see if you can figure out who it is by the time we get to the end. And if you don't know who it is, you've learned something maybe a little bit today about a former LA King. I think this one's kind of easy, but what do I know? Uh, this King was born in Indianapolis, Indiana on January 13th, 1987. Uh, he would play high school hockey with Sidney Crosby at the powerhouse Shattuck St. Mary's in Minnesota, originally drafted by the Carolina Hurricanes third overall in 2005. This King's rights were traded to LA along with forward Oleg Tevardovsky in exchange for forward Eric Melange and defenseman Tim Gleason. Uh, this King eventually signed um, on with the Kings after two years at the University of Michigan. Uh, this King made his NHL debut in the 2006-07 season and would play parts of six seasons with the LA Kings before being traded to the Columbus Blue Jackets in 2012 in exchange for Jeff Carter. Uh, this King would go on to play parts of seven seasons in Columbus before joining the Pittsburgh Penguins for two years. It was then off to the New York Rangers for a brief stint before landing with the Colorado Avalanche this past season and winning the Stanley Cup for the first time in his career. He signed this offseason as a free agent with the Chicago Blackhawks. He's coming up on his 17th NHL season where he's played over 1,000 games in the league. Uh, He shares the same name with a surfing acoustic soft rock artist and the first black heavyweight champion of all time. Can you name that king? It is. Jack Johnson. Uh, and a little trivia. Uh, I work with Jack Johnson's brother-in-law. His name is Brady Quinn. He was a former quarterback at Notre Dame. And uh, Jack Johnson married Brady Quinn's sister. So we've talked about Jack Johnson on the radio show that I'm on a little bit when he was going to the Stanley Cup. Hey, that is going to do it uh, for this edition of Lockdown LA Kings. Thank you so much for your emails. Without your emails, this segment obviously is not possible. If you would like to send me an email for next Friday's show or at any time, Uh, The email address is LockedOnEddie at gmail.com, E-D-D-I-E, LockedOnEddie at gmail.com. To keep up to date with this show and what's going on with the LA Kings, please follow us on Twitter. We are at LockedOnLAKings. Thank you for making LockedOnLA Kings your first listen. Now make your second listen, the Ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022. It's an eight-episode extravaganza to get you ready for the NFL season. The local experts of the Locked On Podcast Network uh, are there, along with Lee Sterling from Locked On Bets to give you a betting angle on all that's coming up in the NFL. Again, it's the Ultimate NFL Preview. Search for Ultimate NFL Preview 2022 on your Audacity app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Eddie Garcia. Thank you for listening and watching Locked on LA Kings. Stay cool out there and have a great Labor Day weekend. And as always, go Kings go.